Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1. For this, our driver ratings for the Mexican Grand Prix. My name is Reese. I've just got back from the gym. I'm just out of the shower. I'm fresh and ready for ratings and rankings and numbers. I hope you are too. So in this, we're going to give each of our drivers a score between 1 and 10 for their performance throughout the weekend. Uh, firstly, make sure you subscribe. I hope you're enjoying those lovely noises my computer's making for some reason. Hopefully they will go away now. But let's start, as we always do, with the Williams team. And firstly, with Logan Sargent. Now, he qualified 19th. Uh, he did actually qualify. He had a good lap. Uh, I think I think he was still out of qualifying, but I think he was like 15th or something like that. Then that got deleted for track limits. Then he overtook Yuki behind yellow flag in Q1, so he got a 10-place grid penalty. So he didn't actually set a time in qualifying, so he'd start P20. Then he got a 10-place grid penalty, which pushed him down to P20. Then Lance Stroll decided to start from the pit lane, so he would start P19. I hope you followed all that, because it only gets even more confusing for Logan Sargent as we go on throughout his race. He wouldn't finish the race, but he actually had quite a good race, in my opinion anyway. He was making some good moves, as I said, started P19. At the, on the last lap, he was in 12th, which is the exact same place he finished in Texas before Tuhil got disqualified and he became 10th. But yeah, he was going to finish in 12th. Then on the last lap, Williams told him to pull into the pits. He literally was one corner away from finishing the race. And they told him to pull into the pits due to a fuel issue. And they couldn't make it to the end. They couldn't make it the one more lap. I imagine uh, maybe it was such a big issue that if they had finished the race, they wouldn't have had enough fuel to give a fuel sample and thus would have been uh, fined and he would have been disqualified. So maybe they wanted to avoid that, which is why they had to pull him out of the race on the last second. Uh, F1 of their YouTube channel put up a clip after the race of every driver's radio when they finish the race. They do this every race now. And my God, if you want if you want to know if Logan Sargent really cares about this or not, listen to his radio of him being told he has to DNF on the last corner of the last lap. Because you know, he's fight he wasn't I don't think he was fighting for position. He was twelfth, but just the fact that he wasn't able to finish the race, he's devastated. And you know what? He overtook Fernando Alonso at one point, and he made some good moves. So overall, I gave him a 7 out of 10. I did think it was a solid race for Logan, and it wasn't his fault he didn't finish the race. His teammate had an even better race, though. Qualified in 14th place, would finish the race in 9th. The third race in a row now that Alexander Albon has scored points in. Fantastic little streak there for Alex in the Williams. I've given him a 9 out of 10. Fantastic job. And speaking of fantastic jobs, we now jump to the Alpha Tauri of Daniel Ricciardo. Qualified an incredible fourth place and had a fantastic race to finish in seventh. One more lap and I reckon he would have got Russell. He fought Norris so hard. He kept Hamilton behind him for way more laps than he should have. I thought Daniel Ricciardo was absolutely exceptional this weekend. And, you know, I've been one of those guys who's been saying... Oh, you know, you want Perez out of Red Bull, but I'm not sure if Ricardo is really the guy. I don't know. I haven't seen anything in his races that he's done this year to say that he could really make a difference in that Red Bull. I've changed my mind now. After this race, Dan Ricardo could make a big difference in the Red Bull team. Um, I think he is back to his best 
And, you know, if this isn't his best, and his best is yet to, yet to come, don't worry for a real treat watching Daniel Ricciardo uh, for the rest of this year and into next year. I gave him a 10 out of 10. Absolutely incredible for Daniel Ricciardo. Um, oh, I forgot. I've got uh, visual stuff now, haven't I? One second, I'll set that up now. There we go, everyone. The, the, I forgot that, you know, we're actually professional now. and We have visuals to look at. So there you go. The scores are on the side of the screen. Photo of Daniel Ricciardo there, as I said. 10 out of 10 for Ricardo. Moving across now to his teammate, Yuki Sonoda. Now, this is a very interesting race for him. Now, he would qualify, uh, actually qualify 15th. But due to a brand new engine in the back of the Alpha Tauri, he would be pushed down to the back of the grid. Then he would be promoted once because of, Log because of Logan Sargent's 10-place grid penalty. Then he would be promoted again because Lance Stroll starting for the pit lane. So despite starting at the back of the grid, he started 18th. Then he had a tremendous race, actually. Uh, went through the race really well, doing some great overtakes, fantastic driving. Did benefit massively from the red flag, but went on top of that and did really well to carry on charging forward. Then he met one Oscar Piastri and hit him twice. The second one of those hits, spinning him out and then uh, having to fight his way through again. I think he went from qualifying 18th to getting up to P7 to being pushed back down to 17th to eventually finish the race in 12th. So he fought through a grid and a half, basically, throughout this entire race. It was fantastic driving from Yuki Snowder. The Alpha Tauri obviously very strong on this uh, track, but both drivers doing very well with it. But there is that one big mistake for Yuki Snowder. If it hadn't have been for that, and I do think he is to blame for the incident between him and Perez, not Perez, we'll talk about him later, between him and Piastri, yeah, I do think Yuki is to blame for that one. Um, I would have given him a 9 without that, but obviously that did happen. He's still a fantastic race, so I have given him a 7 out of 10. We move across now to the Hasses. Firstly, of Nico Hulkenberg. Now, the Haas upgrades seem to be working a lot better here than they were in Austin, possibly because they had three practice sessions to set them up correctly rather than one. Uh, and what we did see from this is that the Haas on its tyres is a hell of a lot better now than it was previously, but it's still not fantastically good. Uh, Nico was able to manage the tyres quite well until the dying moments of the race. He was in the top 10 for the majority of this, and within the last 10 laps, did just fall away as his tyres fell away. He qualified 12th, ended the race in 13th, but did a tremendous battle against the Alpha Tauris, which I, not Alpha Tauris, sorry, the Alpines, which I do think were much faster than him, so I think he deserves a high score, and I've given him a high score of 8. Across to his teammate, Kevin Magnussen. Now, he qualified in uh, 16th place and had an almighty crash, which was not his fault. Rear suspension failure, I guess, threw him quite harshly into the wall. He looked shook up as he came out of the car as well. The car was on fire at one point. The Hass's rear end, doing the thing that the Hass's rear end does and just completely disintegrates when it hits a wall. Um, I don't really know what to say about Magnussen's race because... Before he crashed, I don't really remember seeing him much on the screens. I don't think he was on in a very high position. So I'm just going to give him a straight down the middle 5 out of 10 there for K-Mag. Across to Lance Stroll now. And my God, are Aston having the worst time in the world? It should be studied, the difference we have between Aston at the start of the year and Aston here. 
you know, Aston, who had that incredible streak of podiums to the point where when they didn't get a podium in Spain, Fernando Alonso came out and proudly broadcast to the world that from the end of the Spanish race to the end of the season, there would not be one more race where Aston Martin were not on the podium. Turns out Fernando Alonso was a bit wrong on that because I can't actually remember. I think he was on the podium in the Dutch Grand Prix and in Canada. I don't know if he did again. So, And I would go as far to say that Aston were the worst car this weekend in terms of pace as well because as much as they qualified okay, their race pace was awful. I mean, Lance Stroll qualified, uh, he was out in Q1 yet again, which is no surprise because even when the Aston was good, he would be pretty much out in Q1. They would make give him a pit lane start because basically they wanted to treat the race as a testing session. They've given up all hope on anything this year, have Aston Martin. On Lance Stroll's birthday of all days as well, uh, he would just be fighting through. At one point, you know, I do think Lance was the better of the two Astons, though, this weekend. He did overtake Alonso. Alonso didn't put up much fight. Lance was actually fighting people. Uh, he was fighting Bottas very hard at the end where they had contact, and he retired the car. Uh, I gave Lance Stroll a 6 out of 10. Fernando Alonso, on the other hand, my God, qualified 13th, very quickly made his way to the back of the grid, overtook by everyone, didn't really put up much of a fight, didn't really do anything, got passed by Stroll. At one point, of all the cars that were still in the race, the Astons were the two at the very back of the pack. This is embarrassing for a team that was so good at the start of the year. And you know what? Fernando, as fantastic as he was, you know, the true fantastic drivers that I believe Fernando Alonso is, I think he is one of the all-time greats. They can always get something out of the car, no matter how good or how bad it is. And this weekend, I think Alonso gave up. And I think he gave up because he knows his team's given up. So I can't give him any higher than a 3 out of 10. Awful race weekend for uh, Fernando Alonso. So it was a 6 for Stroll, 3 for Alonso. Across to... There's Alonso's face. I'll get the hang of these visuals one day. Across to Joe now in the Alfa uh, Romeo. Now, the Alfa Romeo's weekend was really a story of two halves because in qualifying, very good. In the race, very bad. So, Joe would qualify 10th and Bottas would qualify 9th in the race. And then they would just go backwards. So, Joe would end up in 14th place. So, I gave him a 4 out of 10 for just going backwards. And Bottas was even worse. So, Joe gets a 4. Bottas, who started ninth ahead of his teammates, ends it up in 15th behind his teammates and had the incident with Stroll. I'm going to give him a free because it was just not a good day at the office for Alfa Romeo. McLaren now, and this is an interesting one. So Oscar Piastri, he qualifies seventh, finishes the race in eighth. I had a decent race, but then got caught up with Sonoda. And I think when he got caught up with Sonoda, Sonoda hit him twice. And I think he was carrying quite a bit of damage after that and lost a hell of a lot of pace to the point that um, McLaren gave the team orders to swap the cars around, which I do believe was the correct thing to do. Overall, though, I think Oscar managed it well and brought home some vital points for the team. So I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10 for Oscar Piastri. Meanwhile, his teammates. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. Lando, Lando Norris. Talk about a weekend of two halves here because qualifying, awful. Absolutely awful. McLaren sent him out on the mediums at the start, like they did with Piastri, and he just can't get any pace in the mediums and abandons the lap. This leaves him with one shot only at qualifying on the soft tyres, and he takes too much curb, ruins his lap entirely, and is the slowest of everyone who sets a lap time. He would eventually start uh, P17 due to all different penalties and whatnot. Awful performance for him within qualifying. You know, a lot of pressure on him on that lap, and he didn't deliver. Let's not beat around the bush here. But in the race itself, absolutely magnificent. Fought through the grid, did really well. They put him on the softs at the start, which was a big risk, but he managed it well. Very early pit stop, fought through the grid again. Then the safety car comes out. They pit him again. He loses a couple of positions. Then the red flag comes out, so it means his pit stop was entirely pointless. I know some drivers would lose their head a little bit there, but he didn't. He kept his head down. On the restart, awful restart for him. He lost another four positions on the restart. Really not good at all. But then he just fought through again. You know, he got past up past his teammate, up past Ricardo, then past Russell, finishing fifth. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic recovery drive from Lando Norris. But he had a recovery drive because he put himself in an awful position. So I can't give him a 10 because, you know, it's not like Yuki who had a recovery drive due to an engine penalty. Lando had a recovery recovery drive because he messed it up. And he nearly messed it up again on his red flag um, restart. So I'm still giving him an incredibly high score because he did amazingly well, but it was not a perfect weekend. So I'm going to give him an 8 for Lando Norris. That may be controversial, but that is just how I feel. Pierre Gasly now, who qualified 11th and finished the race in 11th. So I'm just going to give him a straight up 7. I thought that was a decent race for Pierre Gasly there. Uh, Good result for him. Even better result for his teammate, though, Esteban Ocon, who qualified in 15th and finished the race in 10th to bring home a point there for the um, Alpine team. Alpine, you know, it's just... Alpine have had this very, very strange thing throughout the year where they have been consistently bang in the middle at basically every single race. While you have other teams like McLaren who've moved up, uh, Aston who've moved down, Alpha Tauri who are very strong here, sometimes you have Alfa Romeo who are a bit better, sometimes you have Haas who are a bit better, sometimes you have Mercedes who go second best, sometimes they're fourth best, Ferrari go up and down. If you were to draw a chart consistently, Alpine have consistently just been the fifth best team all year. It's actually quite impressive in a way for Alpine there. So Ocon in the end, I'm going to give Esfan Ocon a 9 because I think it was a good drive there to get some decent points, although he did have to battle a Haas a little bit. Now, here's someone I really want to talk about. George Russell. Because, man, what has happened to Captain Crikey? This time last year, he was beating Lewis Hamilton in the championship. Everyone was like, right, here he is, next big thing. Mercedes isn't very good this year, but once it's on it, George Russell will be winning world championships. Now, the Mercedes is not on it here, and it's not in a position to win world championships, 
But my God, he's being destroyed. And I feel, you know, I'm one of those people who does believe that uh, F1 has got a certain British bias. Mainly because, you know, a lot of the people who run the media side of it are British. So British drivers get a bit of an easier time compared to people of other nationalities. For example here, George Russell has had two races in a row now where he's been massively off the pace of Lewis Hamilton, just in a little world of his own. Towards the end of the race yesterday, he was half a second slower every lap than Lewis Hamilton. If that was any other driver in a top team, they would be being called out by some of the people in the media. But thus far, I've heard nothing about George. You know, he was nearly beaten by an Alpha Tauri in the race. He was beaten by Lando Norris, who started at the back. You know, it's... I don't know what's going on here with George. And, you know, as well with him, we used to call him Mr. Saturday. His qualifying performances were always fantastic. He qualified eighth. What happened here to George Russell? I don't know what's going on, but these are not the performances you would expect from him uh, this time last year, or this time even at the start of the year. Really, really not good enough here for Russell, so I've given him a four. That might be quite harsh, but I think it is backed up because he was miles off of this man, Lewis Hamilton, who had another fantastic race. Qualified sixth. Uh, made his way through the grid to finish up in P2. Also took fastest lap on the last lap. Um, I've given him a 9 out of 10. The main reason for it being, I think this was more of a Mercedes issue than a Lewis Hamilton issue, but it did seem that it took him quite a while to get past cars. He'd get on the back of cars very quickly, but then he would struggle to get past them. We saw it with Ricardo at the start of the race. We'd see it with Sainz later on. He would only be able to get past him uh, through the pit stops. Leclerc, it took him a few laps to get past him, despite Lewis having the faster tyres and the grippier side of the track on the, off the red flag restart. So he was struggling a bit there, but overall his pace was absolutely fantastic and deserving of a 9 out of 10. Carlos Sainz now. And uh, yeah, Carlos Sainz is actually in a very similar position to George Russell, but I don't think it's anywhere near as bad. Off the back of the summer break, I was heralding Carlos Sainz as the second coming of Michael Schumacher, but that has gone away now, and he's gone back to his position of second guy in the Ferrari. He'd had a fantastic qualifying, though, qualifying P2, not far off of Leclerc at all, and would finish the race in uh, P4. But in a very similar position to George Russell, he kind of just drives his own race, isn't near anybody, and his finish is quite high because the car's quite good. Uh, overall, for science, I have given him a 7, though, because it was a good race for Carlos. Even better race, though, for this man, Charles Leclerc. Pole, out of nowhere, proper shocking pole position for him, would finish the race in third. He got caught up in that incident at the start with Sergio Perez, carried damage on the car throughout then, had the broken front wing for half a race, but still managed to be faster than Lewis Hamilton for the first half of the race. Now, the second half, um, I think they just got the tyres a bit wrong. They thought the mediums wouldn't last as long as they did. But yeah, overall, fantastic stuff from Charles Leclerc. Uh, he's had a bit. He's been a bit on and off so far this year, but I feel towards the end of the year, he's really come into his own here. So I've given him a 10. Great performance from Charles. Red Bull now. And this man, Sergio, Sergio Perez. Oh, what do we say here? Qualified fifth, didn't finish the race. That start was the best start I think he's ever had in his entire career 
until it all went very, very wrong very, very quickly. Uh, if you play F1 Fantasy, if you go on Sergio Perez's profile for the Mexican Grand Prix, you will see they have given him four points for overtakes, which means he made four overtakes during the race. His race didn't make one corner, but somehow he made four overtakes. That's how good his start was. And then I think he just tried to go around the outside, tried to make that big dull move, and it wasn't really on. Overall, I do think it was a racing incident. It was just lap one, turn one, this kind of thing happens. But man, you could see how devastated he was because that could have been something special for him there. I don't think he would have won the race because I think overall Max was just far too quick and far too consistent on his tyres. But Sergio, that was a P2 there, I think, and he threw it away, which is a huge, huge shame for him. Overall, I can only give him a four because as much as his start was great until it wasn't, the until it wasn't bit was incredibly important and his qualifying, you know, he got beaten by the Alpha Tauri. So, uh... 4 out of 10 for Sergio Perez. And finally, Max Verstappen. Qualifies third, gets into first place by the start, of, by the first corner, runs away, uh, pits, has to fight through the grid again, uh, safety car, pits, red flag, restart again from pole, keeps the lead, which apparently is impossible in Mexico. He keeps the lead from pole position on the restart. Runs away with it again, wins the race, 16 wins on the season. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. We're running out of words to describe Max Verstappen's season thus far, so I will use some words to describe Max Verstappen that I've used many times so far this season, and that is 10 out of 10 for Max Verstappen. Once again, a fantastic drive for him. So there we go. That is the ratings. Uh, so, driver of the day for me, the people I gave 10s were Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, and Daniel Ricciardo. Personally, I would give Daniel Ricciardo the driver of the day. And the worst driver, it was Fernando Alonso with that 3 out of 10 there. So, there you go. There is the driver ratings. And we'll be back next weekend for the build-up to the uh, Brazilian Grand Prix. It is a sprint race weekend, so we'll have the preview on the Thursday. Friday will be here to cover all things qualifying. Saturday, sprint shootout and the sprint race. Then Sunday for the main race as well. So make sure you subscribe for all that. Until then, though, have a good one. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>